Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Can we all hear each other? Okay? Mark your butt, butt on the track. Does everyone do that when they start a podcast with you? No. no. I think a few people have done that. I don't <laughs> think. Yeah, they have. <laughs> well, I don't think anyone outside of the YouTube boy band has, has anyone gone, hello. Uh, oh, no. Jack yeah, Whitehall, Jack this Whitehall today. Did he? So that was <laughs> cool. I won't be doing it, don't worry. Yeah, please don't. I'm above that. What was your old intro? Oh, my best friends. Oh, oh that's my cute. God, yeah. See, the sensible thing that most people did was stop theirs early. I carried mine on about two years longer yeah, than you really else. Yeah, you really milked it. But I, I, walked, I walked past um, someone in public the other day and they literally were just sat down and they went, Hello! So I just anyway. turned them and went, well, you haven't watched my videos in a long time, have yeah. you? Do you know what? I still got people going, say hello, best friends. I'm like, when was the last time you watched? Yeah. Literally four years ago. Yeah. Hello, listeners of Lower Your Expectations. Welcome back to the podcast and welcome back to, guess what? Another guest. <laughs> this time it's Mr. Jim Chapman. Thanks for having me. How you doing? I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, just sat through a very long meeting with you, actually. Yeah, and I've asked you how you are as if I didn't speak to you before. <laughs> no, it's all lies. Sorry, to, ru- sorry to, to ruin it already within a minute of, of the podcast. Are you two a bit sick of each other now? No, I love mine. No, so I haven't I seen Jim in a long time, yeah. so it's quite nice. We're actually going out for dinner straight after this, as well so you'll hate each other at dinner then that's when it'll happen <laughs> <laughs> but yeah welcome to the podcast thank you is this your first how, have you done podcasts before I've, you... I've appeared on a few podcasts cool. um I don't obviously none as good or successful as this clearly, <laughs> clearly <laughs> i like... listened to you on is it the high low i did the high low yes yeah. Yeah. That, that's a really good have you ever listened to that it's a good again podcast. N- nowhere near as good as this podcast so <laughs> no, let's not even talk about that <laughs> Just give them um, that free promo. <laughs> yeah, guys, we also have to just mention that we, we're going to stop giving episode numbers because we've done so many now and we just don't think it's necessary. So, For your reference, though, I just heard Marcus say this is 54. So if you are, if you are wondering. For sake, Jim. <laughs> but it just doesn't make sense because it's like series two, episode 54. Yeah. But it's not, it's actually episode We're four. in the new series. We've got lots of guests on. We're using the hashtag LYE. Oh, Get yeah. involved. Let's go. All right, Jim. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So first line, there's snow in London. London at the moment, are we fans? Oh. It gets more highbrow than yeah, this, this, don't worry. This is just fascinating. Right, breaking you in gently. Brilliant, small breaking talk. the ice. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Thank you right. very much. That's me out. I don't make <laughs> I am a fan of watching the snowfall. I went out to get a coffee earlier and nearly died twice, wearing big old boots and they're quite slippy. We witnessed a guy literally almost stack it completely Ooh. in the middle of the road. It's, quite, it's slippy. Yeah. But yeah. I wanted him to look at us in recognition and be like, oh, that was close. But he like tried to shrug it off. Did he like, do that thing where, where he blames the floor? Like, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you know he I mean? a bit annoyed. I'm like, well, just look at us because we were laughing. We were laughing in a nice quite way. loud. Right. No, but in a nice <laughs> way. We were like, oh, that was close. He just he was Is there it. a nice way to laugh at someone? You feel embarrassed <laughs> in those moments, though, don't you? Like when that happens to me, I don't look at I just look at the floor and like, carry on. No one saw it. It's fine. Do you? Mine's yeah. obviously a thing because, you know, when you always walk and you trip, yeah. I always like do a little laugh. So if anyone was watching, like, oh, he's in on the joke so yeah so if anyone was watching not only did you trip you also laughed 
to myself. yourself, oh, like your yeah. Yeah, yeah. hearing voices. And then I look weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just me. That's but fine. you also <laughs> like to wave at people on trains, so yeah, that is good. What do you mean? That's like, fun. Just, it's nice. He just waves at when people random go past people on, on a train. train, and you're walking as a pedestrian. If you wave, they always wave back. It's well, nice. they don't always wave back. <laughs> they do. They? Kids do. But, but that, well, okay, well, you're just wa- okay. You're no, but where are you taking? I do it with my fiance, so it's a nice like. Oh, we're waving at the people. We've also got some sweets in our pocket. <laughs> I mean, I do, but that's besides the point. Like, that's for my own enjoyment. So anyway, the snow, guys. <laughs> I'm into the snow. I'm kind of into it in theory. When you when you actually get into it in practice, yeah. less so. It's very pretty, isn't it? It's lovely to look at the window. We've pretty. had that nice snow as well where it kind of drifts. You mm. know, the stuff that's awful and just like sleety and gross. We've had the stuff that just sort of falls softly and it looks pretty. Do you think people ever get to grips that it's snowing though? Because when it snows, everyone feels it completely necessary to freak out on all yeah. social media platforms mentioning the snow and sharing pictures it's like well done it is snowing yes but i think the uk are kind of inherently shit at <laughs> weather the minute it's too cold or too hot the tube stops running the train yeah. stops running yeah. cars explode and it's like panic stations what are we good at in this country uh, maybe a few things <laughs> okay small talk <laughs> very good at small talk and saying sorry to people i feel like we're very good at that very waving, polite waving at people on, the, on trains, trains. Yeah. yeah yeah we are really good at apolog- i apologized yeah. to a mannequin the other day i walked into yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you know you and you're like in the shop and you just yeah. kind of bump into something oh i'm so sorry we actually i've got for snow it makes everything beautiful Beautiful, but ultimately brings the country to a standstill. Yeah, there we go. We covered it. Covered those points. Hooray! How do you feel about YouTube, Jim? Seeing as originally, I guess you started off as a YouTuber. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, YouTube now weirdly kind of a small part of my job. I still do it regularly, and it's still kind of, I think, the, the thing that I'm probably most known for. But increasingly, I'm kind of spending less time doing it. My thing for this year is to do less content, but make it look super sexy and be really creative. I think it kind of got to the point last year where it became kind of paint by numbers. I've been doing it so long, I just kind of know what worked, and it wasn't fulfilling me creatively, and I kind of got a bit stagnant. So this year, I want to do less, but make it look more. Also, by doing that, hopefully it frees me up on to to spend time doing the other stuff I like. I feel like you and I have or are in a really similar position right now. We've come of age. Yeah, but kind of, we've mentioned it so many times this podcast that last year for me was a real transitional year in terms of content. But I feel like you were the first person I was closest to on the platform who wanted to not step away, but you realised that you want to do more than just make these videos. And like you were the first person who broke out into fashion, for example. And I remember... Obviously, I've known you for years, but being like, oh, that's that's really cool that you're doing that. Like at the time, it's a bit risky because, you know, why break something if it's not broken? And yeah. You could have ridden that wave for a long time, etc. But you were the really, really the first person who did it. And I think that led when it came to me doing it, I felt that I almost had a bit of support because I'd seen you do it. And I was like, that's oh, good because I shit my pants because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to do. I just I just knew that there's more to life. And I also want to be more than some of my parts. Mm. I feel like there's a lot of YouTubers out there who just do YouTube. Cool. But what happened? in five years time when you get to 30 like I am and your audience haven't grown up with you what what do you do then you have no job and I love my job and I love working so it was kind of a natural progression it's just stuff that I'm into I wanted to talk about 100% Um, so it sort of had to happen and actually by doing that knowing that I've got that freedom it means I can do lots of different things so it started off fashion but then I did loads of presenting did a bit of TV did a bit of radio doing loads of writing now and it's lovely to know that I have my base on on Tinternet and I can kind of turn back to that Mm -hmm. and it's something that I'm going to keep doing for as long as I can because I enjoy it but it also is almost like a a gateway into other areas. I feel like when you take that moment 
to step away from YouTube as being a job, your main source of income, etc. And really focus on the other areas that you want to build and then use YouTube as kind of a space to showcase what you actually want to be doing. Mm -hmm. I feel like then for me, and you were obviously there, it was like this massive weight was just taken off my shoulders. Yeah, you feel like less like a kind of performing monkey in a way and more like you can do things that you're really passionate about. It's scary because there's a time where you do it and you don't get any views. Like My views dropped dramatically. So did my income. Yeah, yeah, big time, big time. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, I think I I just had to do this in like 2013, 2014 maybe, at the end of 2014. And I remember really freaking out about it and having big chats with my management going, is this a thing to do? Because currently I was sneezing and getting half a million views on a video for doing like nothing just doing crazy, crazy stuff like waxing my legs crazy. and i remember in fact i remember the last video i did where i decided enough's enough was a video with joe where he'd wax my armpits oh, cla- absolute classic that it, one isn't it come, come that up, is, yeah. you know joe in the thumbnail if some hair's coming out million plus views. <laughs> yeah totally i got yeah. three three million views yeah go. but he he, he, wa- he waxed my armpits he covered me in butter oh, i was talking to squirrels and i just kind of thought i watched it i mean i edited it and i and i remember thinking that's going to do loads of views but God, I, I'm a bit embarrassed. Like my my my, my dignity. So, do you look back on those videos? Like now that you've left it for a long time, do you look back fondly? Because you can step yeah, away from totally. it. at the time. I it's, guess maybe you were a bit. Like, yeah, it's not. It's not like I'm ashamed of it because yeah. I was young and yeah, I was doing yeah. things like at the time it made sense. There was a, there was a transition period for sure. Where I was mm-hmm. like, I have to keep doing this because I know this is what people want to see. And mm-hmm. if you hadn't done that your story might not be where you are now that's totally. how i always think about I, it. but i do remember and on that instance i think i the week previous i just done a really cool job of burberry and i remember thinking can you imagine if burberry just right. saw this like, that's it they'd never <laughs> want to work with me again so and and actually because now i i'm only doing stuff on my channel that i feel really comfortable with i now have much more work coming through it's work that i'm really proud about i do a lot mm-hmm. of brand work on my channel mm-hmm. because I feel a niche. I yeah. talk about guys stuff and there's not many men out there who do. So the yeah. things I talk about, gadgets, cars, sometimes a bunch of fashion, I do cocktails and there's not many other people who do. So it means that I get to work with the best brands in the world. And I think I'm really open about that. I think a lot of people who do, we do try and sweep branded content under the rug because it can be quite ugly to fit on their channel. Like if you yeah. have to work with a yogurt brand, for example, because and your content is just sort of like usually where you're doing <laughs> the crazy stuff, it makes no sense. But because my stuff fits in so nicely, I'm like, hell yeah. If I'm working with say Coach, for example, I want to talk about that and I will totally over deliver. I'll be contracted yeah. to say, maybe do an Instagram, but I'll talk about it on a video. I'll do a bunch of stories. Because you're so proud of it and absolutely. it fits with what you do. And it's yeah. To be, to be in a position where coach want to work with me and want me to be the voice of their their thing i'm totally going to shout that from the rooftops you know mm-hmm. but it must be difficult like making that decision to kind of go like you said sneeze and you get half a million views sort of thing because yeah. also that's i guess what kind of made you guys successful too like riding that wave and like making really con- good content that people really wanted to see yeah i often think that people like me and marcus and the rest of our group we were right place right time we also i think the audience was was ready to sort of commit there's a generation prior to us who had a bit of something but it never really that spark never really properly ignited and with us guys we were really fortunate but we also had to work really hard Mm. for it and people just age they just get older and i know but it's not only that i think it's what what matt just said about sneezing we were the same we were uploading every day on my second channel and it got to a point when i wasn't enjoying the videos we were doing but the channel was smashing it like in terms of views and growth it was doing so well and we stepped away at the at the top of that 
yeah. to come back and just go, right, you know what? I could carry on doing this, could carry on earning money this way. Who knows where I'm going to be this time next year? But that's really not what I'm happy doing. It's not what I want to do. And it's yeah. definitely not yeah. what I want to do it, in two years' time. It was really time. stopping the other stuff that we were passionate about. Like, yeah. say, like writing, like you're doing. And as you know, that takes a lot takes of a lot time. time. Yeah. And you can't just do it in like, oh, we'll do it for an We've hour. We've got half here. a day. Let's yeah. just yeah. throw some characters together. I think you have to really realize as well what's important. And it turns out that actually money isn't the be all and end all. You know, mm. there's much more to life than how much you earn. And, and for me, one of the things that I am so motivated by is doing things for the first time ever. I'm so fortunate in the position that I've been in that a lot of the brand work I've done, I've been the first person to ever do that thing for those people. And that's amazing. And also the creativity you get to show doing what you do. They're the things that really excite me. I work out for free for a lot, which actually really annoys my management sometimes because I, <laughs> I give away too much. But I'm like, yeah, they want to do this thing with me. That's so incredible. So I'm totally going to do that. Yeah. And actually, often that ends up coming around full circle and they come back to me again with a new campaign a bit later. And, it, you know, maybe it's got money attached. Maybe it hasn't. But I get to do something that normal people don't get to do. You know, yeah, and exactly. we are re we weren't bred for this, were we, Marcus? You know, we were just kind of normal people oh, yeah. who, uh, whose lives have totally changed. Yeah, I was had a job in Next before this, which yeah. I loved, definitely loved that job, <laughs> loved it so much, yeah. and then loved my software company job. I just definitely loved that as well. Yeah. I just loved all my jobs before I, this do, job. I, I do think, though, that having awful jobs prior to this... That um, makes you appreciate it. Makes you, uh, there's a lot of people, perspective, of yeah, course it does. Because I, I, you know, I worked in insurance, I worked in retail. I was the guy, this, this is my low point, I was the guy <laughs> who would send the bailiffs after you. Uh, if you oh, didn't, you were one of those. Yeah, no I was way. a professional... Oh. And, you know, you guys know me, I'm actually a nice guy. <laughs> but my job was to be a professional <laughs> asshole. So if someone... And also, be, there were some things that were pretty horrific, like it'd be a, like a knife crime thing and the magistrates would order them a fine or mm. something so I, if they didn't pay I'd have to enforce it with the bailiffs don't feel quite so bad about that yeah, but, but the other people who had a parking ticket who yeah. had moved house yeah. and I had to track them Mate. down and the bill had gone from I don't know 80 quid whatever parking ticket is to four five hundred pounds and people don't have that spare yeah, yeah that's true so I have to go and send debt collectors to go and take their TV well, I mean also do you remember the time we were at mine and there was someone knocking on... This is about six months ago at my old place. There was this guy knocking on the door and I was like, oh, who's that? I don't want to open it. He's standing in the driveway for about 20 minutes. Do you remember this? Turned, turned out to be... A bailiff. A bailiff. Right. And, and the address was wrong, etc. And basically he was claiming we hadn't paid something. And he <laughs> wrote this threatening letter, posted it through the thing like, we will come for you next time. We will break in like, and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my God. Spoke to Max and he was like, oh my God, I've spoke to him so many times. We've done this payment, et cetera, et cetera. And they got it wrong. They right. got it wrong. And they were <laughs> yeah. threatening me. And I was like, yeah, I don't want to. Well, sent the boys around though, yeah. didn't they? For uh, <laughs> future reference, here's what you do. Always pay them. Because, uh, you know, I've got I've got the, uh, the skills here. <laughs> <laughs> I used to always pay them, chase it up later. Because otherwise they'll just come in and they'll take your stuff. Jim, can we use you as a negotiator if it ever happens again? No, oh, because okay, uh, cool. I can't negotiate with them. Or I'll just, <laughs> I would just pay them. <laughs> That's probably the best advice, yeah. actually. But anyway, like, like I say, having that experience does mean that you put you in really, it gives you perspective and makes you realise that actually what's really important is job satisfaction. Yeah. above everything else and it's quite there is a point where you kind of get bogged down with earning the money you earn and stuff go oh this is this is excellent you know and not actually realizing that you're not loving what you do also do you think there's an issue with younger people coming up now all these stars are starting so young where a lot of them aren't even having a job before i have and a theory then... about this my theory is that actually a lot of people stop aging from the time they got famous so Ooh. people stop saying no to you when you're famous oh um, yeah you're just surrounded by yes men so you or kind women. of get away with anything you know you can yeah. do whatever you want to do so if, some, if someone goes oh yeah just go and get me lots of drugs i'll be like okay yeah. or um i don't want to do that thing 
Fine. Right. Do you remember there's a rapper called Lil Pump? He is famous. Fine enough. That's my nickname from, from the wife. <laughs> he is famous. Oh, <laughs> too much info. <laughs> Pump's fine, but the Lil before. <laughs> He's famous for like Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang, Gucci Gang. Yeah, okay. Anyway, and I somehow got into watching some vlogs that he'd been doing on tour and he is like 17 18 year old kid who blew up crazy in the last year and it hit me so hard i showed you didn't i matt, matt came in the next crazy. day and i was like you need to you need to watch this because it's so terrifying that this kid is so young and he portrays this image through his songs etc but when you see the behind the scenes of these vlogs he's literally high all day but the crazy thing was he surrounded his whole team was just yes people yeah and whatever he said they're just like yeah they're like you're the king, like whatever you want to do, you can do it. And yeah. no one's bringing him back down to earth. So what the hell is he? Oh, it's, Where's it, it was quite go? sad. It's it really sad. dangerous. Yeah, because again, there's lots of people who, who do what we do now who are getting millions of views and loads of subscribers who come straight out of school. And that's incredible, but it can really give you an ego. You, I think you need to kind of, one, have age on your side to develop a strong enough personality. And also, you know, there's nothing wrong with a bit of self-loathing. How can that change? Because people are becoming so famous now from yeah. such a young age. But there kind what of can... is like a rule book now to digital fame, whereas when you guys did it and the generation before you, there, there wasn't one. I feel like now there is kind of, oh, you get an agent and then you do this yeah. and you do brand deals. Yeah. Whereas back then, no one had a clue what was going on. I also think with us, it was, it might not look like it, but it was a bit slow and steady and a bit more organic. And it kind of, it didn't happen suddenly overnight. No. It went suddenly viral. Whereas that can happen to a lot of people. And with that much influx, it can be a lot to deal with. And it's no wonder some people kind of go a bit kind of hedonistic and a bit mm. crazy with it, you know? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What I think is quite interesting, how would you guys describe yourselves now? But if you seem to have like, yeah, move away from YouTube, blah, blah, blah. But if you were to say to someone, a stranger, how would you describe yourself? Oh, I hate that question. I'm a washed um, up YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I, I despise the word influencer because it... But I it, despise it, but the thing is it's there is no so industry standard now. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, what else? This is it. For me, it kind of just implies that two things. One, it seems a bit Machiavellian. Like you're kind of taking people for, for a ride and you're... You, you take an advantage which I don't think is necessarily true mm. and also it's kind of like a, a word that just lumps everyone together and the thing is that we're all doing different things you know mm. it's not good enough now being an influencer mm. or an actor or a, a writer or whatever we're all kind of multifaceted human beings in 2018 so do what you want to do you know so I think we're all doing the things that make us happy and we're so fortunate to be in that position but it, it's hard then when you get kind of just lumped in with influencer because yeah. it, it doesn't do you justice I think what's hard with YouTubers influencers what everyone 
want to call them, is that we are very lucky that if we've built what we've built and if we want to decide that or we found that we've got a passion for writing, we can try that and hopefully succeed at that. If we're genuinely passionate about it, we have a talent to it, whatever. Whereas musicians, actors, people who also now merging into this world of influencers with followers and they're doing brand work etc they're always kind of known for that whereas we can kind of jump onto different things mm. if we find a passion for it or we're interested in something well i think i we can totally do that i think the resistance from the outside world is to drop the label so even now when i'm written about in magazines even gq who i write for often call me an influencer or a youtuber by default when actually again like i said it's, it's quite a small part of what i do now so but but then what else you're supposed to but that's what i mean it's like you you know you write you present you what is how can you how can you there is there is no let's just create one now do you see (laughs) the term youtuber as a dirty word though like do you think it has negative connotations rather than you're Um, fond of it i don't know actually do you know what here's the thing i never call myself a youtuber i say i have a youtube channel when people ask me i do think that there are increasingly youtubers are getting quite big and quite influential i suppose and i'm then doing things that aren't ideal like making videos of things that that just shouldn't do and i think some people lack a bit of foresight so and that's stuff that makes the press for the most part i truly believe that the internet is a really great place and i think that parents can let their youngish kids you know watch and consume and be safe in that knowledge but there is always the occasional person who will put their foot in it or do something wrong <coughs> yeah <laughs> what man <laughs> why did you have to do that <laughs> but, not, but not, not just that one you know there are many people who many do it, pools but, but they they you know they tend to be really huge people and then that makes the press and i think yeah. it gets a bad name for itself that's the issue is the press laps onto those one or individuals and then it kind of throws all youtubers i was doing quotation marks for people that can't see that uh into <laughs> well, one, everyone but us three right <laughs> yeah or and adam over there adam saw it as well and uh it kind of throws you into that one that umbrella underneath yeah and yeah what, what can you do about that but i don't think youtuber I don't, I don't see it as a dirty word if someone says oh i'm a youtuber i'm kind of intrigued and it's what i started doing so so if i'm I've on always... a stage and i'm like introducing youtubers marcus butler jim chapman well who are you introducing I'd, me to i'd cringe a little. if you're if you're introducing me stop ruining my hypothetical situation uh, a fashionate something yeah, fashiony i'd be like oh. matt can you can you do a like a bigger intro and yeah. then like and then bring us can we, on can we try it now can, can you do like a like, pretend it's actually happening oh, yeah quite, come on quite a big intro. okay guys that time's here are you ready <laughs> <laughs> for youtuber marcus butler and fellow youtuber jim chapman what's the event Hello world too. <laughs> right. Well then, I'm on, on brand. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm absolutely fine with that. Thank you. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. The context of it sure. is important. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I do you know. I, I go on stage quite a lot, and that, that's often actually a thing. People go, "How do you want to be introduced?" And I'm like, "I don't." Know. Fucking legend. <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you know what I had? You know I had the other day, which was actually really awkward. I was I went on stage for this thing, and the compay introduced me. And went, "This guy needs no introduction. It's Jim Chapman." I was like, "Definitely do need introduction." <laughs> like, I'm not. There's ninety percent of people here won't know who I am. I definitely need an introduction. So I went out there and went, "Hi." Yeah, that that is the most awkward thing, isn't it? When you are being introduced to a bunch of people who definitely have never heard of you, and they're like, yeah. there, "There is no need to tell you their name. You yeah. know their face." No, you don't. And actually, as well, like we're we're outside of the bubble. And this is again why I like doing things outside of YouTube because when you're on YouTube, you're in a little bubble, and you've got millions of people who know who you are. Yeah. Meet yourself outside of that, and you're in like the mainstream world. People don't have a clue. You know, mm. we're not as famous as our audience or sometimes our 
ourselves think mm. and that's really refreshing and actually keeps you on your toes and it's quite humbling yeah that you know again like my wife gets stopped all the time by, by viewers and they don't stop me in the same way and actually mine are getting a bit older and that's nice to know that that there's still ground to be had and actually they're not i don't necessarily want to be stopped on the street anymore i'd like mm. to do things behind camera mm. and just be I, I just think that it's quite refreshing to know that there's definitely a risk of if you live your life online you can have a community of millions of people who are all over the world who really adore you but in the real world that's not the case yeah that's at all, yeah. you know do you know i've got a theory for the core youtube audience that we built for those really fun videos and that time that the whole brick crew was together etc i what, think the uk team 10 yeah <laughs> i feel like in in 20 years time the people that watched our videos and were fans of what we did then do you think we're going to be a bit like the s club seven we'll, yeah, we'll be like the e17 and yeah yeah exactly <laughs> crazy. And, uh, i don't know that's maybe a thing maybe i don't but i still don't think that we were even that that level you know oh, but that's if it's what you let, let that define you like if you go on to do different things exactly. like you've yeah. written movies or you've we're doing a comeback shows. tour in 10 years <laughs> back again oh, could you imagine but even so like you know like years. s club seven we i have two and a half million subscribers right and not all those people watch. S Club 7 had millions of people who yeah. listened to their music and knew them. Like that, that penetrated so many levels of society. Mm, yeah. People, I don't think people will necessarily remember us. I mean, some people, they're not going to forget us. They haven't all got amnesia. But, you know, <laughs> they're, they're not going to just sort of... I don't think that if we did, we did a reunion... Yeah, there's there's going to be history books with the Brick Crew photo on there. that. I definitely is. think there's, whether people subscribe to you or not, I think more people of that age would have known you yeah, for than... Sure you're maybe giving yourself credit for based more than subscribers i think yeah, okay maybe just from friends and i feel well, like, like in the public eye like just yeah just kids across. just yeah. like schools sure. and they are getting older now my biggest demographic is above 20 and my content's got older for, for yeah. one thing but actually a lot of people who were watching me back when i was 22 when i first started yeah. who were 16 are now 20 yeah. uh 20 plus so that, my, that must be nicer because sometimes is, i yeah. do think when we do like the riskier sort of videos i'm like i don't like the idea of an eight-year-old watching this yeah, yeah like, but <laughs> You can't. I know, it's nothing we can it's personally really, It's do really nice that. when we've had comments on recent content that have been sort of along the lines of, ah, oh, I used to watch you years ago and it's really nice that I've grown with your content yeah, now I and I feel that. like I'm on the same kind of wavelength yeah. as you. Yeah, That's I love that. And also, really do you know what? Nice. When, when It means when you meet people, IRL, they are much less likely to freak out. They don't see mm, you yeah, as true. as like a, a different kind of being. You're just like on, on the same level. Like, oh yeah, I like the stuff you make. Yeah. And that's as simple as that. So you shake hands, you might have a selfie or something, but it's it's super chill. I certainly don't miss the days of the hysteria where people would scream and cry. It, it's kind of, it, it was really cool for a while. Like I'm not gonna pretend it wasn't. Like for a while I felt like I was in a boy band. And I was I like, think oh of God. when we first did- VidCon and stuff. And, and, yeah, um, VidCon, no, but- Digital. The, yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. Bonkers, yeah. Years I mean, ago and it was mental. Yeah, and it was really fun. <laughs> I felt like I was super sort of cool. Yeah. And but I'm really glad that's behind me. Basically, having moved away then from that, I feel like YouTube fandom is one of the most intense kind of fandoms you get because people really feel connected to you. They feel like they own you sort of thing. How has it been moving away from the people like I don't know, is it still the same intensity like the fans like on Twitter and Instagram and all this kind of thing? Do you still get that same level? No, but again, I think cuz my my people are older now. I yeah. think they young people spend a lot of their time that's how they socialize they spend a lot of time on twitter on instagram on youtube commenting and tweeting and thumbs upping and all that stuff i think as you get older you've got other interests you are going out you've got boyfriends you've got girlfriends you've got jobs also i think you can as a youtuber if you want to you can really play into that to be completely honest with you like you can at the time when we had all of that going on it's really easy to get immersed in that world oh, and continue totally, yeah. and build that hype and you're so 
I don't know, lost in it. But yeah. the second you kind of step away and mature a bit, etc., yeah. it's I don't know, you feel a bit. Yeah, I see a lot of people do it now. Still, they'd be like, "Oh, a new video coming out on Sunday. Get excited now! It's really cool." You know, they'll be tweeting that on say a Wednesday or something. And then I know you're all gonna love it and making a big hype around it. And of course, that gets people excited. So yeah, mm. you totally can still do that. It's not really my style personally. How was the feeling when it's not as intense as it was? Do you ever miss that? Is it strange going to a more subdued level of that kind of fame and relationships with fans? I personally think it might be similar for you, Jim, that because I've changed like mainly what I'm doing and the main style of what I'm doing, no. But if I was perhaps still trying to be in that same dynamic fan crazy world, it might be a bit sad because yeah, for sure you have. I'd say you have a moment online where you have that intense fandom, and then what you do with that depends. It changes person by person. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think if yeah, I think if we were still trying to hit that mark and reach those people, inevitably it wouldn't happen because now there are so many. When we first started, we were the only people doing it, among the only people doing yeah. it. But now there are so many people, and it's so saturated that why would they want to watch a thirty-year-old do the same thing that a twenty-year-old can do? Hundred percent, much better. Um, and with much more conviction. I don't think people would... More I'd, I'd, abs on display. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I also don't think we're as... I hate the word famous. I think we were well-known yeah. because lots of people knew who we were. I feel like fame implies talent. And actually, I, I do think I've got talent in certain areas. I don't know if me making a tit of myself... Oh, you're, you're doing yourself a disservice. I think you're entrepreneurial. Forget the content. See, no, people always say this, but I don't believe that. I really? had I had no clue this was going to happen to my life. I made YouTube videos while I was looking for my career because I graduated and was working really shit jobs that I hated. And I've always been really creative and I needed something to do. So for me, it was an outlet. I had no clue it was going to go anywhere. And people often say, you're such an entrepreneur, bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> like it was. Yeah, but you've kept your career on track yeah, no, no, and no, for made sure. the right steps. I'm really and driven and, yeah. I'm, and I'm really focused and I work really hard. They're the things that I think have made this work for me. It wasn't like I had foresight and was like, yeah, this, this yeah, is sure. where I see myself in 10 years time. But yeah, go back to point i feel like fame kind of implies that we're talented i don't think what i did was talented i think what i'm doing now requires much more talent and now mm. i'm used thinking of this as a career and as long term and i yeah. want to do it for as long as i can i think that i don't think i've ever worked harder in the space that i'm in than i have right now yeah I but feel it's satisfying like, isn't it yeah of course it is it's satisfying but it's the rewards now are much higher because i feel like i'm working on much bigger things whereas before when i think back three years ago i think wow that was so much easier mm-hmm. back then than what i'm trying to achieve now because yeah. i've almost set the bar higher and i've moved into different areas and, and we get paid less for it as well yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that being said though but i mean yeah we do but also there's the potential i suppose to go stratospheric yeah um but in a very different way like i don't i never set out to be well known it wasn't really my reason for doing this and it was kind of a cool byproduct for a long time but i love presenting i like being on camera but when i present it's not i'm center of attention in a way what i what i find presenters do is they put attention onto the subject so actually it's not me going out to be in front of camera because i i i I like the attention like the fame it's more that i get a buzz from doing that but i can talk about something else and i think that actually i'd like to spend more time behind camera i'm getting more and more into um, photography and Mm -hmm. into filming things and uh, i just i just art directed my first photo shoot sweet um which is really cool and i'm doing loads of writing so i i I still very much want to be in the industry but I think increasing yeah, experimenting things. And yeah. It's also a lot of pressure being in front of camera. Like I feel yeah. like being behind camera like if say yeah. the film I've just written, let's say that gets made, that would be bloody incredible. Yeah. But I've got months 
to kind of change that and work on it. Whereas mm. when you're on camera, you've got one oh, go. Mate, I, I, I realised that today. So <laughs> we we filmed, uh, might have been out by now, it might not. We filmed a sketch, I already told you, with Jack Whitehall yeah. this morning. And it was the biggest set I've ever worked with on my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And to think me and Matt wrote it. And then there was a director, there was director of photography, there was a producer, there right. was an art director, there was a set dresser, there was like all these people came together for this project. And then I just remember this morning, just sat there in the bed. I've learned my lines, etc. But then I'm used to just filming in front of Matt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. the self-doubt comes in. And then Jack Whitehall walks in. It's like, fuck, I'm filming with Jack Whitehall. Like, yeah. what if I fuck up? What if <laughs> there's all these people looking at me and they've been in there for hours preparing the lighting, the cameras, and then it's like rolling we've got a yeah. few minutes to get this shot and it's like fuck what? while Jack was we were waiting for him to arrive I sat in and read Jack's line so <laughs> right. to go through with Marcus I was nervous and there was one person in the room I was like yeah. what I'm not, this isn't even being filmed and I was like shaking a little bit yeah it is when it goes up a notch yeah it, it gets terrifying I, I actually I kind of get off on that in a but weird way I literally was about to say I got a massive buzz from it though because yeah. the anticipation before on the tube there this morning I was like doing lines I was like fuck I'm nervous but as soon as it happened I was like this is amazing yeah some of the, some of the things that I have found most rewarding are uh, like live presenting and I used to do premieres on, mm. on um, at Leicester Square which are I remember that when I I don't, haven't, don't do them anymore purely because I haven't got time to commit to them mm. and also because they are so terrifying and actually I, I want to put my attention in other places but I remember the first time I, I did one they hired me for the job and I turned up and the person who was in charge went listen this is trial by fire if you don't like this or you're not good don't come back because it's, it's some of the hardest <laughs> presenting you can do I didn't know this yeah, but yeah. it's some of the hardest presenting you can do because live TV is yeah. rehearsed to the second and non-live stuff if you mess it up it doesn't matter the thing with doing premieres is that you're live to an audience you're on the big PA system and you're, there's a delay so your voice sounds like half a second after you said something which makes you want to slur but you've also got to entertain the audience the entire time yeah. while, while you're waiting oh, celebrities God. turn up whenever they turn up and you don't know what mood they're going to be and they could be in a rotten mood or they could be really ecstatic and want to chat I've had to and, and also because I'm the guy who holds the entire thing together and I'm getting people into the cinema you know there's a lot to take care of I've got a guy yeah. My ear saying right in three two one you're on you just have to go and it is there's so much adrenaline i don't eat all day because i'm terrified but when you actually do it you just get a real buzz, buzz and as soon yeah. as it's finished you're like oh my god i've just held that entire thing together yeah. do you feel like when you've done something like that though you'll go home that night and you'll just sit at home and be like fuck like, yeah that i think that the last happened it's, it feels like sometimes yeah. so surreal high i feel yeah. like you have that load like the next day you're like oh yeah that, that was do you know what i do i go home and eat a burger strange. because <laughs> um, i don't eat all day because i'm so nervous i think the last yeah. thing i did other than joe and casper's premiere which i did just because I wanted to do them a favor, basically, yeah. was Star Wars: The Force Awakens. That's a big, and one. I was like, well, that's the biggest film in what? Yeah. Like that was that was the reintroduction of Star Wars. That's probably yeah. the biggest film in what forty years, thirty years, something like that. And I was like, you know what? That's a way to go out. And also, that was the most scary one I did, not only because it's such a big film, but usually you see the film before you do that. But I think I just landed from LA, and they wanted me for the job, and I was like, cool, I'll turn up. Hadn't seen the film, didn't know anything about it, didn't know who the new <laughs> cast was. Rocked up on the red carpet, so I got home, put a suit on, went straight to Leicester Square, and then turned up. I'm like, cool, right, off you go. Then I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I had they had, they'd give me nothing to prepare, so I was I just had to bullshit so, the entire thing. But lightsabers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luckily, a big part of my job is just to ad lib, so it went fine. But it could have gone awful, and I remember just thinking afterwards, I was so unprepared for that. That could have been terrible, and I just I, I haven't done another one since. But I feel like you learn from those experiences. Being thrown and doing things that are so out of your comfort zone 
only adds to your growing talent and trying to achieve what you want to achieve. I feel like doing those things really helps progress you. For sure. I feel like I could host most things now. Like you, There's yeah. probably not many stages you could put me on that yeah. I wouldn't competently be able to as long yeah. as I know the subject matter. But I stopped doing them because I just want to put my focus in, in yeah. other places. That being said, I've ticked that box. So I know that you can if, if you need if you to. to. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, know, I know I can do it. So if I'm when the time is right and I've got more, basically I haven't got time to do them anymore because it takes two days out of my diary and I don't have that. Well, Would you do it for your own premiere? Your own oh, film premiere. I was just say? about to you say, know, I never you're going to do it for our film. Forget oh, his film. No. He's going to do it for our film. <laughs> I, yeah, I'd do it for you guys. But yeah, I didn't even think about that actually. I don't know if my film's going to get made. Because you would know a lot about your own I film. I would know, you? yeah. I'd, know. I'd probably give the entire thing away though. <laughs> yeah, who you knows? where our heads are at there, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. Uh, Good thinking. So both of you guys are in relationships and your other halves are also in the public eye. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm sure our listeners would like to know, Ooh. what are like the pros, cons of that? How does it work? Can't have sex in public. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's kind of a general rule though. Easily. <laughs> but I'm, I'm thinking more like schedule-wise, it must be difficult to make time for each other and things like that, like the nitty-gritty. Yeah, do you know what? I think quite almost deceptive. Maybe deceptive is the wrong word to use, but with me and Tar, we're rarely in each other's content she might appear in my instagram every once in a while i'll do a photo of me and her but the, i can't remember the last time she's in one of my videos i haven't mm. been in one of hers for years we're actually quite quiet about our personal life and i don't think people realize that until they think about it like people go oh yeah you and tana so cute i'm like are we <laughs> <laughs> how do you know um but i think that's because you've experienced you guys have always been together for such a long time yeah you've experienced that extreme high of being in each other's videos every day and yeah so actually there was a point maybe early days when we started doing this mm. i was daily vlogging and my days consisted of whatever we were doing together and it just got too invasive and we'd have yeah. people like people in the comments writing one thinking they sort of have a stake in our relationship <laughs> and two saying the most ridiculous things like the there could be down lighting on tarn they'd be like oh my god tarn's got black eyes jim's punching her yeah, oh, like, ridic- oh, Jesus ridiculous. yeah you know it just gets quite it, it puts a lot of pressure on your relationship so it got to the point where we're like let's just i mean that's not, not a that. frothy accusation either no, is it? I yeah. mean, <laughs> we get people um, commenting going oh my god jim's totally cheating on tarn or tarn's yeah. cheating on jim like where are you getting oh my god from? she hasn't been in your video for two days yeah she must have left you <laughs> yeah. wow and you know <laughs> me and tarn came together like you know we <laughs> we we were already in item before, nice. <laughs> we, were already, we were already in item before we started this you know we, we've been together coming up 12 years which i guess puts us in this fairly unique position where people didn't see our kind of conception you know like mm. zoe and alfie for example weren't together to start with so the audience have been there from day one and feel really invested yeah, and i think true. people are invested in me in time but we we're already a thing so it's yeah. it's not such a problem and also you share what you want to share and yeah. the audience kind of get used to that i don't think they if they think they want more and more and more and more and more but actually i don't give them that much and they seem quite content, <laughs> is, there, content. is there a temp- temptation with the content because i know normally for some reason on youtube boyfriend girlfriend husband wife material smashes it yeah yeah so I is think, there that temptation where you can be not like, for me no no, <laughs> I, no like again back in the day maybe when it's like oh i know if a girlfriend's going to be in this thumbnail it's going to do better but now don't really care about that like i, I so have, love my relationship you both yeah. feel yeah. like you want to yeah. do that. Oh, i, lo- I love my nice relationship day. but i don't want to ever abuse that and just bring yeah. it into some into work for sure 
Um, and actually, me and Tan don't really talk work that much. I might come home and say, oh, I've got this really exciting project. That's so cool. Talk a lot about the film I'm writing and stuff because that's really exciting yeah. things. But in the day-to-day, -day, we don't. Like, she had a, a photo shoot for the front cover of a magazine the other day, and she'd mentioned to me in passing, and I was, she got home. I was like, oh, long day. I've had a shoot for this thing. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was also shoot doing this art, this, this thing that I art directed. It was a yeah. really massive shoot for me. And we both went home and went, what have we been doing today? You know, and yeah, it's quite cool. Don't, don't you ever find, maybe more so of me, obviously me and Steffi living in different countries, but in both of our lives, mine and Steffi's and yours as well, so much goes on in a day mm. that sometimes it is hard to catch up on that. And let alone if me and Steffi haven't FaceTimed when we're not together, if we haven't FaceTimed and then we haven't seen each other for a week and then we're like, where, how do we catch up on what's just happened because so yeah. much feels like it's happened it's hard to actually have a conversation about it. so sometimes it's nice to just think let's just enjoy the time and not yeah i also think that the things we get to do are bonkers yeah and also in a way not real life and me and tan are just a real life couple so yeah. we talk about what we're having for dinner tonight and you know we'll cook together sometimes rarely but sometimes we'll cook <laughs> together and, and yeah. we, we, we sit and watch netflix and mm -hmm. we actually don't talk that much about work because it is it's a career it's a job we do it's not who we are you and tan I think I've probably told you that's going to get all deep here. Oh, here I we like go. you've always been like that role model couple for me for someone who's in the public eye because you <laughs> you've a lot of pressure. No, <laughs> no, no, no. But like you've always had that. Like you've always made it work yeah. in this current situation we're in. And it, me and Steffi were always like, ah, oh, we want a house like Jim and Tan, and like we want to live together like you guys. Like you've always. I don't know. That's very sweet. You've set you, that. I, I think the, the part of the reason we do that so well is because neither of us believe our own hype or mm -hmm. each other's hype. Mm -hmm. And that's so important. I think we just, we, we are still the same people that we were yeah. when we got together and when I worked, when I was at university and she was working in a makeup counter or Starbucks. I think she, she yeah, she was rubbish in Starbucks, wasn't Awful, she? Awful, yeah. yeah. She, they, they couldn't <laughs> fire her. She didn't actually do anything technically wrong, yeah, she, but they kept just moving her she around. She was being, too, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, could, yeah. she wasn't allowed to make drinks. Why, why was she really she bad? She was being too nice, wasn't she, she, to the customers? Yeah, she would chat to people for ages and she oh, couldn't. No. She wouldn't know, but she wouldn't make no, service. No, 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 she, no. Well, she wouldn't make the drinks that she they could, paid for. She, she was yeah. just chatting to them. <laughs> she also couldn't remember how to make any of the drinks. She's like, wait, what goes in the frappuccino? So they kept going, right, you now have to go on to dishwasher duty. Now you have to just kind of do, they kept kind of moving her from position to position. Yeah. And also there's like three Starbucks in the row. So they just kept kind of putting, moving her around. But they couldn't fire her because she got past the probation period and she wasn't like doing anything wrong. So um, yeah, they just had to keep her and sort of just pass her. In the end, her manager was just like, what are we going to do with you? So uh, bless, yeah. her. bless her heart. Lucky she found what she did because yeah. <laughs> I don't know what she'd be doing. Just, I'll leave your P45 there. <laughs> Do what you see fit with it. <laughs> Are you ready? Jim Chapman, Marcus Butler, Matt Viney for a big question that I'll be asking you guys. Excellent. Brilliant. Love what that. you couldn't see is just how dead his eyes were. <laughs> so he was singing that. That's, that was my integrity, just at the back of my head. It's like, go! Love that. Thanks for the effort, mate. Appreciate it. It's not going to make it to the final cut, but that's no, fine. It is. Yeah, it is. It, we'll it see. definitely is. We'll see. Do you guys know about the new craze that's hitting UK schools and people have been banned from coming into school because of it? That's not the big question. That's just a, a tonal question. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah back well is it like a new is it finish uh, fidget spinners i can't say it, oh. fidget spinners with like stanley blades attached to them. It, that sounds like a youtube idea we should do that <laughs> let's bring back more markers <laughs> thousand degree knife challenge <laughs> no. no so it's a haircut it's been getting people in a lot of trouble right the right. headline is not loving it school's beef with meet me at mcdonald's haircut oh 
So have you guys never heard have of this? Have you got any images? No. I do. It's right here. Can we? There you go. What? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with the haircut? Oh, oh my God. Uh, well, how many tabs do you have open? God, that is scary. There we go. That's, what's wrong with that haircut? Well, basically, you're obviously going to show me there's something shaved in the back of his head, isn't there? No. Oh. That's it. So basically, this teen rapper supposedly came up with this who's hairstyle. The, who's the rapper? Little T, he came up with it. It looks like something from the 80s. So it's like a shaved sides and then a it looks quite, it's quite curly fashion, it's quite at the like front. A yeah, but that's, that's a bit haircut. of a look, isn't it? That's been around for a long time. Yeah. I mean, you can't invent a McDonald's haircut. Can't, can't, McDonald's can't claim that. Well, no, McDonald's aren't. So it's called Meet Me at McDonald's because right. apparently people who have this haircut are going to say that to you. Random, right. isn't it? But I need more. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. What's the article, though? Because I'm a bit... No, the article is about these kids have been doing it and they're being banned from coming into school. Wait, so that's the... People that's the haircut. getting banned for having short yeah. back and sides? No, but because they do this curly thing at the front. Yeah, it's just like what? a... It's just like a Honestly, long on top, short on the sides with the... It's an unacceptable haircut for boys. That's what Whoa. headmaster Barry Smith See, is that's saying. what gets Barry me. Barry doesn't Barry agree Smith? With it. Yeah. You Dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From Great Yarmouth Charter Academy, they, they've banned it. Banned I mean, that haircut. I'd like to see Barry Smith's hair. <laughs> he has not got any hair, is he? That is why Can we he's Google, banning Google this. Barry Smith. Well, a barber in Norwich. Does it say who? Does it give a name? Uh, Elliot Branford. No, I don't know. Do you know him? No. <laughs> sure? <laughs> he oh. said it's a grade zero or a one on the side. Yeah then disconnected with a perm or curly on the top and you have it sitting forwards. Yeah, right. right. Okay, right. but That's I'm, not outrageous. What, yeah, what is the issue? That's what it's, I'm struggling to understand. Because it's unacceptable to, for school. It's not smart. On what term? What? It's, it's not smart. Why is it's it not smart? smart? I don't understand that totally. It's, it's, that's not even outrageous. I've this seen is, much worse yeah. haircuts. This is the, uh, this is the, the most guys, rattled <laughs> I've ever been at a big question. <laughs> Barry Smith. Well, other unacceptable haircuts listed include high tops, and shaved parting lines. Oh my god! How about you what is stop he running? Being... Like, is Barry Smith running a school <laughs> or a prison? It sounds ridiculous. Yeah. I think everyone who goes to Barry Smith's school should start like having outrageous haircuts. Someone have a mullet. Whoever, is, whoever, yeah. whoever has that, I feel sorry for you. But you should all put like draw straws. Someone have a mullet. Someone have a high top. Some, someone <laughs> um, have like one of those monk haircuts where you yeah. just cut like, a big hole. In it. And then he will probably have a heart attack, and then he <laughs> won't be your headmaster. <laughs> There you go, okay. <laughs> Would you go for that haircut? What do you think? It wouldn't suit me, but I, I actually think it's quite a cool cut. I'll cool include cut. a picture in the show notes, guys, I so think, you can see it I too. think it's a haircut for you, Matt. I can't do that. My <laughs> yes, hair. you I, can. I, wish I, could. I can't do you that. Can. Just you just hair. Need you'd have, you'd my hair is so thin. You'd it's, have it's awful. two curls, yeah. wouldn't you? Come on. It wouldn't be good. I've been trying to do it. My question to you guys, what is the worst haircut you've ever had? Oh, I straight up know the answer to this. Go on. Oh yeah, I know yours. Was it, you? was it in your school photo that you used to share? Well, you had kind of no. A that, oh no, it's worse than that. That was quite bad. So at the time when Beckham was like setting setting trends, he Mohican. Wait, 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 wait. So oh. the Mohican was obviously a thing when Bex bought it out. But do you remember he bought the Mohican joined in with the ski jump? So, oh, I love that. So you did the classic ski jump at the front. And then you did the Mohican to join the ski yeah. jump. And then... A big T-junction. <laughs> yeah, a big T-junction. <laughs> and then with the colour paints... I sprayed the Union Jack flag on my foot on, oh, my, my, on my on my It's Mr. Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> no, for the, it was for the World Cup or whatever. That could have been easy to do. Were you, were you just part of the BNP? Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> why, <laughs> is that your, why is that where your head goes when you think of the Great British flag? That's sad. Well, that's 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 you know what? Before it. twenty <laughs> before twenty twelve, I never used to be like that. You know, remember the Olympics? I loved my country. I was like, this yeah. is amazing. 
last couple of years, it's going to that, unfortunately. I don't, I don't think it necessarily is. I think maybe yeah. if you've got the certain mindset. It's got, I've got a chip on my shoulder about it, clearly. Rattled. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jim? What was your worst? So haircut? I went uh, for a long time. I cut my own hair. Oh, That's bold. So I, I have very thick hair and I, I need a beard. <laughs> if I don't have any facial hair, I look like a child. Less so now because I'm 30 and yeah. like getting old. But I still, I just haven't got a good face, basically. And I was sick of going into the barber shop and basically just saying, hey, I want it kind of just trimmed on the sides in the back. I don't want to go super short and then a bit longer on top just so I have something because I've got a tiny head and I'm quite quite a big person. Um, so I need some hair to sort of balance it out. And I was sick of going in there and then shaving the sides really short <laughs> and then giving me like nothing to play with on top. I was like, you know what? I'm doing it my bloody self. So I got some scissors and I got some thin scissors because um, I've got a lot of hair and I used to sit there and thin my this is I did this for probably about six years like, like it was a real commitment and every time my hair looked a bit bad I'd thin it out and what Let's you end up with is like a, re a really <laughs> yeah. thick base and then like a halo of fuzz that just kind of floats on top and I just, weirdly I used to sort of like put loads of product in it and at the back you know where like your hair well, I don't know what you call it like the nape of your neck yeah. I used to somehow part it at the back oh. in like a weird way I'm not sure how I did it but I looked awful it was either that or oh, are time, you going to suggest one for Jim? Yeah, the, the time <laughs> I've known Jim, I mean, it wasn't his fault. We were walking a fashion show. Oh, yes. And Jim had like really nice long hair at the moment. Like yeah. it was really, kind of like the length it is now, maybe yeah. even a bit longer. And obviously for fashion shows, it's like there's a certain look they go for. And we sat down and the stylist said to Jim, he's like, yeah, so what are we doing? And Jim was like, yeah, wanna, you mentioned you want to kind no, of Elvis look, right? I, I didn't have a say in it. And also I saw a bunch of people, a bunch of influencers <laughs> who, was, who sat in the same chair as me refusing to get it done. And I was like, I'm not going to be that wanker. I'm going to yeah. go in there and you can do what you want to do. do. I'm here to do a job. Like, you know, well, you, I'm here as a model, so I'm going to be a bloody model. And also, I've worked in this industry long enough to know that when you're modelling, your face isn't your face, it's their face. Yeah, yeah that's So you true. do what you do. And they went, we're going to do this really cool 50s thing. And I went, great, the 50s <laughs> is like my favourite era. Like, it's really inspiring to me. And some of the, the looks were amazing and the hair was wicked. What I didn't realise is they're going to do 50s military on me, which is basically like flat short and sort of flat square on top. Honestly, I was sat next to Jim in the, where they're doing the hair and they must have chopped about, I don't know, a good four inches off his head. Plus, his, was, were you yeah. holding back the tears and no, stuff? Well, it was flowing down. <laughs> I actually had two cuts as well. So I had it done the first time and it looked wicked. And I was like, this is great. I had like a kind of a sweepy 50s yeah. thing going on. I was like, I love That's quite this. Cool. this. That sounds wicked. what Alex Turner is. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, they took me to like the head the cutter head, head just to kind of check over. He, look, he looked me up and down and went, mm, no, darling. <laughs> Give him that other 50s thing. And I went, all right, cool. And I just sat down and I saw them bring the clippers out and I went, oh, shit. <laughs> um, and then actually, do you know what? I, I didn't mind the, the length. They looked a bit like Marcus's now. It's quite short and choppy yeah. and I was kind of into that. But the way they styled it was basically like a block on top. It so looked great, mate. It looked it looked fine in the evening when I got to style it myself. I just put a load of product in it and just kind of messed it up and it was fine. But walking the show, I had this really cool outfit, which is basically silk pajamas and a cashmere jacket and like a cashmere coat. And it was bonkers, but I loved it. <laughs> and then a ridiculous sort of short back yeah. and sides. Which, yeah, it, was, it didn't, didn't kind of, didn't work for me. What was your... So mine wasn't necessarily... Haircut. So I had really long hair at one point. It was this similar is when, to Adams. This actually. is when you wanted to be Liam Gallagher. Tom Megan actually at the time. He oh, had right. really long hair. He's leasing a Kasabian. I was really into it, so I, I did it. And then because I'd had long hair for such a long time and I cut it really short, I'd forgotten how to use gel and I put too much. Do you remember in betweeners where he puts <laughs> yeah, too much yeah, gel yeah, in, does like yeah, a little quiff? Rock. I, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we've for all. I a long it was oh, oh, you did like you didn't do it accident. You rocked that look. Oh, I did it for a while because I had to, my brother always used to take the piss up me. I'd forgotten oh. how to do my hair. Was it that sort it of spiky thing? Yeah. 
And it nice. was just it's sort of Gareth spike, Gates like, or well yours at the moment what well, both yours actually this works nicely whereas mine went into like proper spikes yeah. like the prodigy guy <laughs> they were like stuck together. I remember doing my hair at school and I would I had to buy my own hair product mum wouldn't buy it for me so and I was like washing cars to make money and had a newspaper <laughs> around so I I really used it sparingly I used to just put it in the front and the tips. Mate, it was all about bro- it was all about brawl cream though. Back brawl cream, cream was amazing. Gel. And it smelled oh my, amazing. Yeah. It wouldn't hold my hair. I had to have like pretty sturdy <laughs> stuff because brawl cream goes in and it goes. <laughs> and, and like, did you ever also have the wax, the black and white wax? Yeah, that, so that smell. Oh, yeah, but that's also again that. not enough for my hair. I used to again put it in my hair would look really kind of cool and slick yeah, for a while, for a minute, and then, and then just I'd get to school <laughs> and it go. <laughs> I also did the David Beckham like that Mexican yeah, and then the, the thing at the front. Yeah. I did that yeah. as well. Well, there we go. That rounds up this episode with the wonderful brilliant Jim Chapman thank thanks you for, for coming, coming on in. mate thanks for having me no worries had fun and uh, if you're listening at home remember to subscribe rate us five stars on iTunes leave your lovely comments use the hashtag LYE and uh, we will see you next week with another episode bye bye guys bye bye Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.